are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group and host of Locked On Warriors here with David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat. CJ McCollum will miss at least a week. The Raptors are rolling and the Wizards are on the shelf. But we begin today in Brooklyn, where the Nets beat the Bucks 125 to 123 Monday. 34 points for James Harden, 30 for Kevin Durant, who hit the game-winning three-pointer. The Nets are now 2-0, David, since trading for Harden. That's without Kyrie Irving. Uh, it's one thing to beat the Magic, but the Bucks are a good team, and the Nets have barely had time to practice. Should the Nets, with Harden now, be considered the favorites in the East? I think so. I, I think Obviously, they've amassed a great deal of top-end talent there, and they still have some questions, at least to me, regarding their bench. But I've been saying pretty consistently, I think, for the last couple of months that uh, even with without Harden, I thought they were still in, on the top tier in the Eastern Conference. And then certainly with him, they they look – I'm not so – I am not won't go so far as to say that they're impossible to beat, but I think that they look pretty dominant, their offense in certain particular – so I would give them that edge over Milwaukee because I just think that Milwaukee is a team that can still be figured out and has been over the last couple of postseasons. While they've dominated during the regular season, it's always been during the postseason where they show their weaknesses. And if that's still going to be the case, and, and I, I'm not prepared to say that it isn't, then I, I'd give the edge to a team like Brooklyn that has a, a player like Kevin Durant that has you know shown that he can win at the highest level. That's a really good point, that, that Milwaukee has – has been showed that they can be solved. I know they added Drew Holiday, and he's a really good player, uh, but I just don't know that he is this kind of uh, agent of chaos the way that a guy like James Harden and, and Kevin Durant can be. And look, I think a lot of people would have said the same thing about Harden, right? You could solve him, or in the play, in the playoffs, he's he's not going to play well. He's going to go two for eleven, from, you know, from the field. He's not going to uh, rise up for the biggest moments. But he doesn't have to anymore. He's got Kevin right. Durant to do that. And I thought it was telling that at the end of this Brooklyn game, James Harden maneuvers a, a three-pointer to try to win the game. He misses it. They get an offensive rebound. Uh, he gets an offensive rebound because the ball it was a long miss, and, and he got the long rebound. He passes it to Kevin Durant, who's wide open because – that's what happens at the ends of uh, of offensive rebounds. Wide open drains the three pointer to win the game. The Bucks just don't really have that sort of element, right? They just it's 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 so often Giannis or bust, and I just, I still don't trust. Like Chris Middleton's a really good player. He's an All Star player. He's probably one of the best thirty players in the NBA. But he's not Harden. He's not Kevin Durant. And yep. I said this before they even got Harden. Like you, I had them as favorites in the Eastern Conference. I w- I wasn't in love with a Harden deal at the beginning of the season because I thought it would, it would eat too much up of their bench. Right. But that bench wasn't as potent as a lot of people had thought. Karis LeVert got off to a hot start and he couldn't really, he showed that he couldn't carry that second unit. We don't know where Kyrie Irving is, by the way, he's now missed seven straight games. We have no idea if he's even coming back this season at all. And I think there's a reason why they decided to make this move for James Harden at that point, because I don't think they know when Kyrie Irving is coming back either. So now that you have Harden, and you've got Durant there. You've got a, a good of one-two punches there is outside of Los Angeles. And, uh, and I see no reason why not to favor them coming out of the East. They're, the depth is shaky. There's other things. But they rely a little bit too much on Jeff Green for me to be comfortable. But I think you could figure stuff out. Uh, and, and ultimately, the talent, I think, will win out in the playoffs. Has there ever been two top-end scores on the same team quite like this? I, I guess you could have made the case for Steph Curry and Kevin Durant a couple of years ago. But I think I, this I think feels a little different. different. 
is it still over Harden and, and Durant? Because I guess there are still questions about Durant and his health overall because, I mean, there's always the potential that he could succumb to injury again. I think the closest thing is LeBron and Dwayne Wade, right, where they were top-end scorers, great talents, and it wasn't really – they were never – a, a super clean fit the way that even Steph and, and Kevin Durant were because those two guys are the most amenable superstars we may have ever seen right. uh, as far as the way that their game translates. But LeBron and Dwayne Wade, it was, it was a little shaky, right? It was clunky at first, but they had to figure it out. They figured it out because they were able to put their egos aside. They figured it out because they were able to evolve their games. That's the biggest question with James Harden is whether or not he can evolve his game. Through two games in Brooklyn, I haven't seen that he's been able to do it. Yeah, he's passing the ball a bunch, but he always passed the ball in Houston. He, did. he just did it under his, on his terms. I don't know that we've seen this dramatic evolution of him, but again, they barely – I don't think they have practiced even once, I think James Harden said at the end of the game. Uh, it's too early to, to draw that sort of conclusion. But what we can say is that they're really damn talented and they're going to be really good. And, and despite how weird it all came about, right, you could agree or disagree with how James Harden handled the situation and with the Rockets and all these things. But, uh, and a lot of people say, oh, there's, only, there's not enough basketballs. There's only one basketball, all this stuff. It was so easy to predict like, the headline two weeks after the deal went down was going to be, wow, the Brooklyn Nets have really figured it out already. Like I can already see that headline happening and, and maybe yeah. we're just uh, getting there faster than maybe I anticipated. Well, let's move on to a game that was supposed to have started hours earlier on Monday, but was delayed due to an unspecified COVID related testing issue. But both teams eventually were cleared to play Miami. The loser of three straight looked flat and listless for the start of the game. And the Detroit Pistons actually built a 19 point lead. That's the bottom of the Eastern conference seller dweller Detroit Pistons, but the heat were still without Jimmy Butler as he follows health and safety protocols, eventually mounted a comeback behind Bam Adebayo's game leading 28 points and 18 points from Rookie of the Year candidate Kendrick Nunn, who in arguably his best game in over a year. The Heat are at 5-7 and seven in the year, and uh, the Pistons, despite 27 from Jeremy Grant, dropped to 3-10. and 10. So while they were able to pull away a victory today, I, I mean, I still have concerns about Miami. I, In my most recent podcast, I questioned whether or not it was time to panic, yet I know lots of other people around South Florida have already started to panic. Not just fans, but actual media members think that this team is no longer capable of duplicating their success from last season. Do you think that Miami should be in panic mode? Because I think between not making a trade for James Harden or maybe not even making smaller adjustments and moves over the offseason, this is basically the same roster that it was last year, and they just have not looked particularly great. Now, Jimmy Butler has missed over half the season so far because of injury and also the health and safety protocols. Their biggest acquisition, Avery Bradley, hasn't really played much either. And Mo Harkless, who was their other guy who was supposed to fill in for Jay Crowder now in Phoenix, he just hasn't done a really good job with the exception of tonight. He actually played his best game in a Heat uniform. So where do you stand on the Heat? I'm not ready to panic. I understand why some people would want to get there, right? Because you sort of let this James Harden uh, – opportunities slip by right you just you decide you don't want to do this a report from sam amick of the athletics saying that they, the heat haven't even been in contact with houston for more than a month you know and mm -hmm. they just show no interest in Harden, which i'm fine with i'm okay with that you don't have to make the Harden deal this is a team that was two wins away from winning the nba finals last year the way that they are but they haven't been that way so far this season like you said jimmy butler hasn't played uh and they just got done with those nba finals in october right. i know that the lakers aren't showing that same sort of uh, out Lays. of the game. Yeah, Lays. And, and, I, and I get that, but they have a swagger that comes to, with actually winning the finals. They refreshed yes. the roster in a way that Miami didn't. 
again, and I, I would see again because of the Harden situation, because the Lakers are playing so well and the Heat aren't. I understand why fans and some media people would want to would want to panic, uh, would want to act like the sky is falling in Miami. But I just I'm not there yet. Everything we've seen from this team is that they will continue to push, they will continue to practice, they will continue to work hard, and I, at some point they'll get their legs under them, and they'll and they'll they'll kind of they'll get rolling once they're healthy and kind of clear of all these protocols and that stuff. I'm not. It's too early for me to panic with the Heat. No, that's a good point. And look, Bam's big game really was a, a very strong showing from him. He looked aggressive. If you haven't watched the Heat, his mid-range jumper is legitimate. And yeah. that's something that we saw signs of in the Orlando bubble. And since then, it's become an official part of his repertoire. So it's just a matter of time before he continues to expand his range even further. But he feels comfortable. He was using a little drop step there with his jumper, a, a sidestep. I mean, really, really looked good at, at a number of different opportunities where he had to shoot that. And his shooting it with confidence was also able to get to the line something that was only capable from jimmy butler last season so it was great to see bam kind of step up in that bigger role an opportunity for kendrick to shine as long as they can keep getting these contributions just kind of treading water until jimmy comes back i think they'll be okay and and hopefully this time off will give jimmy an opportunity to be healthy because he did have some nagging injuries that were impacting him earlier in the year i still think they have one more move to make to kind of backfill the jay crowder spot because like you said it's just not hey could be a good option uh, coming up, how serious is C.J. McCollum's injury and how will it impact the Blazers' season? But first, let's talk about betonline.ag. Well, look, the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but the playoff picture is still going on strong, and there's only one place that has you covered if you're looking to make a little extra money. One place that we trust as a network, that's betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. The NBA is going strong. If you want to bet on some of those games, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. LaMarcus Aldridge had 22 points. DeMar DeRozan had 20 and 11 assists. And the San Antonio Spurs reserves outscored those of Portland 59-24 to as they beat the Trailblazers 125-104. to But the big news according to Portland coach uh, Terry Stotts, is that C.J. McCollum is going to be out at least another week with a sprained foot that he suffered in Saturday's game against the Hawks. Now, McCollum was having a career season. He's averaging nearly 27 points per game. Portland is 8-6, and six, sixth in the Western Conference right now. David, can they endure losing McCollum for a sustained amount of time, though? I, th I think they can. I think they actually got a nice boost from Rodney Hood, who chipped in for 20-something points. Uh, he, he looked like... He was capable of filling in that score role, obviously not to the same extent or level. Uh, my bigger concern with Portland actually is the loss of use of Nurkic. They look like they were being exploited in the middle with Ennis Kander getting a bulk of those minutes. You know, Zach Collins already lost an injury too. They just don't have much depth there at the center position. And for Kander to be getting that much playing time, not good for Portland. Uh, Yaka Pertle looked like an all-star against them. Uh, that's never a great sign. And, and so if he's dominating that way, just imagine when they go up against actual real playable centers like, you know, Nikola Jokic or somebody along those lines, uh, Anthony Davis, et cetera. So for a team that I thought was going to go a lot deeper in the Western Conference playoffs, uh, I'm a little concerned about their long-term growth. Yeah, a lot of people were really high on their offseason. I don't really want to get into all of that, but – if you surround guys like Damian Lillard, who's still healthy, playing at a near MVP level, CJ McCollum, you got Yusuf Nurkic back, and then you, supplant, you supplement those guys with Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., some of these guys that they have coming off the bench. Yeah, 
you know, there was a reason to think that they could be one of the best four teams in the West, but right now they're at six. Like you said, the Yusuf Nurkic thing is a really big blow, just like it was to them last year. And I can't believe I'm saying this, David, but they don't even have Hassan Whiteside this time. That's how bad things are. You know, Ennis Cantor is, Ennis can't play Cantor. You're on a pick and roll problem solved against him. You know, you can only have so many offensive rebounds to make up for that. Uh, I don't, I don't know what they do. And I, I wonder is the best center on that team right now who is healthy, Robert Covington, because Ooh. you just use him the way that Houston used him last year. Go super small. You've got Derek Jones Jr., who the Heat played at small ball for last year. He's been more of a 2-3 for them this year, the way he's uh, being used on defense. Do you use Derek Jr. as a, uh, Derek Jr. Jr. As, a, as a small ball for Covington as a five, and then just surround those guys with, with Damian Lillard and more shooting, and eventually you know, when C.J. McCollum gets back after a week or so? I don't know. I don't know if that's the way you want to start games necessarily, but it's a lineup that I would be exploring a lot right now if I were Portland. Yeah, I look, and I'm thinking even as we're talking about this, that Cleveland has a, a lot of depth in their front court there. Maybe they'd be willing to part with a player like JaVale McGee. I've heard that they're possibly trying to package JaVale McGee uh, with Kevin Porter Jr., who has likely uh, played his last game as a member of the Cavaliers organization. But I've also been told that Portland said no to a proposed deal. So I'm not sure whether or not they're willing to take on somebody like that, if there's a, any other player that's available to help fill up that gap, because they, they do – seem to have some glaring holes there. I'm not sure what their long-term prognosis is. They need to do something. Um, moving on, the Raptors have now won three straight after beating the Mavericks, 116-93. to 93. Kyle Lowry had 23 points. Pascal Siakam had 19, while Toronto's defense held Luka Doncic to 15 points on four of 11 shooting. After starting the season two and eight, David, the Raptors, have they turned it around? I... I mean, I, I guess so. I, I think they've found the right combination. They've gotten some really nice contributions from players that weren't stepping up before. They're, they're trying to find something with Stanley Johnson, of all people. Uh, uh, Chris Boucher looks actually like a really decent candidate for most improved yeah, player. more than 20 I, points I, off the bench tonight, yeah. Yeah, I, I, he, he looks great. I, I feel like I was watching him a couple games ago and saying to myself, why isn't this guy getting more attention? Because he just seems to be making such a solid impact every time he's on the floor, uh, either with his defense or his offense. And so I, I think they found something that works there. Maybe it was just a matter of time. This was a well-coached team. You know, they've been together. That continuity has been a, a pretty consistent part of their, their success over the last few seasons. And, and despite the fact that they're not getting much out of their center position, I, I still think that uh, they were a pretty solid team. Maybe not the title contender they were a couple of seasons ago, but still a very good team. So, yes, I'd say they have figured it out. I'm not quite there yet. I just don't know that the top end talent is there. Uh, I know I, 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 I can't believe, you know, I know I'm going to get a lot of crap from Toronto fans because they tend to do that. But it just... I'm not a believer in this Raptors group, and I know that we're supposed to. I know since they won the championship that we're supposed to just be a believer in this group, but this is not that championship team. Kyle Lowry is still there, yes, but as good as Chris Boucher has been and, and the contributions that they're getting from some of these young guys, Marcus saul has gone, Serge Ibaka is gone. The, the core of, to me, that what that championship group was outside of basically Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet is gone, and I, I don't know that the talent is there in the East, like we were talking about, seems pretty good, and there's other teams in the East who are not quite yet at the point of turning around like Miami and some of these other teams uh, that I trust a little bit more than Toronto, at least uh, for the 72 game uh, stretch. Well, it's clear you hate Tampa as much as you hate the nation of Canada. So we'll just move on. A team that's actually looked pretty solid all year long, surprisingly, is the New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett scored 22 points and had 10 rebounds. And Julius Randle, <laughs> you're getting a lot of uh, additional people on Randle Island because I know you've been there for a few years. Off. No, yeah. it's too late. 
<laughs> you bought all the land. You're shutting down the borders. Uh, added 21 points, uh, 17 rebounds from Randall to lead the Knicks over the Magic, who uh, continue to lose. Uh, I think this is their, their sixth straight loss. So the Magic now uh, struggling after an pr- unexpectedly hot start uh, after, of course, they've lost Markel Fultz for the season. But that's two straight wins for the Knicks. Are they real? No. I mean, look, it, it's nice <laughs> that you won two straight games. I think this is the longest winning streak for the Knicks since 2012. I don't I don't know. If, I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, David. But Well, isn't they'll, this they'll the think- first time that they've been over 500? If they could win their next game, this is the first time they've been over 500 this far into the season since, I think, like the turn of the decade? It's it, it sounds that sounds right. That sounds like a stat. I believe that, you know, and that's that's it's crazy that I would believe that because <laughs> we're not that far into the season, David. Um, I I don't know, but just to 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 get onto a, another point you made, I really don't enjoy Tampa at all, and you are exactly right about <laughs> that. Um, John Morant had 17 points and 10 assists as the Grizzlies beat the Suns 108 to 104. John Morant's layup and drawn charge late in the game iced the win for the Grizzlies. It's their fifth straight. The Grizzlies are seven and six. They've got Morant back. Are you sold on them as a playoff team, David? Oh, I, I want to be. Like, I, I mean, does that make sense? Like, they, they just yeah. seem like they have everything that works. They should have a, a good balanced roster. They've got all these young players that, you know, Xavier Tillman continues to find a way. He slipped in the draft, and all of a sudden he's producing for the Grizzlies. Moran obviously looks really, really good. They just got this really good cast of characters there that just seem to really mesh well and play, I think, above – their expected talent level in production. And that's without Justice Winslow. I'm not even sure what kind of production you can get out of him moving forward. But I, I think they look good. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I, I feel like it's just going to be such a bloodbath to compete for that. But they'll definitely be a play-in tournament kind of team, if that's anything. Yeah, it depends on what you define as playoff team, right? If you're in the play-in tournament, did you count as a playoff team? I wouldn't. But if you're the Grizzlies and you're in the second year of the John Morant experience, you don't have Jaron Jackson who's out. Uh, if you can get into the plan, that's a huge win. And and man, John Moran is so much fun to watch. He can he can take over games. I don't mean to overblow a 17.10 assist night, but he's just coming back from that injury. And if he can keep going and 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 develop and build on what he what he did last year as a rookie, uh, I see no reason. I, the Grizzlies to me are a volatile team. They can in a good way. Like they could yeah. they could surprise. I think an opponent. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that last stretch, though, that you pointed out earlier, uh, I mean, for him to, to have that big layup there mm-hmm. through traffic and then draw a charge on a Hall of Famer, Chris Paul, I mean, exceptional two-way play there. Uh, moving on, Trey Young had 20 points, 13 assists, and eight rebounds. DeAndre Hunter scored 25, and Clint Capella posted 23 and 15 as the Hawks beat the Timberwolves 108 to 97. D'Angelo Russell, uh, still without Carl Anthony Towns, uh, who announced he uh, – tested positive for COVID-19 Friday. Uh, Russell scored 31 points in the loss. Yeah, if they don't have Cat, the Wolves need to really hope that they're so bad that they end up with the number one pick because if it falls outside of the top three in this next draft, it goes to the Warriors who have their top three protected pick. Uh, So they're going to be watching these ping uh, ping pong balls very closely next summer. Uh, Coming up, why what's happening in Washington could finally push Bradley Beal to demand a trade. But first, David, let's talk about Rock Auto. With all an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you might need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure pointless or intimidating questions while the person behind the counter orders the parts that you're looking for on their computer 
choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers on their easy-to-use site, and you'll get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly and safely to your door. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store or at a car dealership? Rockauto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then go to their How Did You Hear About Us section, enter the phrase Locked On, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the Year out now with profiles on Kid Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. On Wednesday, the NBA postponed a fifth straight Wizards game, this one against Charlotte, despite having just six healthy players. The Wizards are hopeful that they can resume practicing as soon as Wednesday. That's nine days after the team's last game amid a coronavirus outbreak within the organization, this according to ESPN. But the Wizards' season could resume after that should they avoid new positive tests on Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, this is a serious matter that the Wizards need to straighten out internally, no doubt. But with their season put on hold the way that it has been, you have to wonder if Bradley Beal, now the most attractive trade target on the market after Harden was dealt, would finally want to leave since his team isn't even playing games anymore. David, should this have any impact on Beal's status? It should. Uh, and that's a weird indictment, I think, on the season and the times uh, you know, that we're living in right now. But the reality is that now that they've had to postpone five consecutive games, like when are they going to make this up? The season was already so compressed. The schedule was already so tight, putting so much additional wear and tear. They've lost their starting center. Now you're, you're relying on Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal to eventually help carry this team. And you just, you're going to jeopardize their health by having to play an additional five, perhaps even more games at some point later on in the season. Yes. While you create some pockets here and there to allow a little bit more flexibility in your schedule, that's still a lot of demand. I mean, you're talking about three games and five nights kind of thing, maybe a, a three game in a row stretch. Uh, and that's not good for any player for a guy like Bradley Beal. And my feeling is that he hasn't asked for a trade and won't anytime soon, just because I don't think he's at that point in his career where he's so concerned or obsessed about his own legacy yet. He doesn't need to necessarily win a championship in order to prove that he is an all-star level type player. I I think he's still in that lower tier as far as his all-star status is concerned. He's not necessarily defined by being a a champion at this point in his career, not the way that James Harden and other players are. But I, I still think that like, that's just an untenable situation for him. You can't win in Washington. The schedule is going to fall apart very quickly. It's not a great roster necessarily. I had hoped that maybe they might be able to tie it all together, but everything has just gone wrong for this team so quickly. I just don't see any chance of them being able to capitalize on this year and find any sort of success. And so for both, for Beal, he can get out of the situation. For the Wizards, his trade value is probably never going to be higher. I think it's time for both of them to explore an option. Absolutely. Look, it's not like before this all happened that Washington was sort of the the surprise team in the East, the way that, for example, the Charlotte Hornets are or something. Right? Like right. This, they were three and eight. Uh, like you mentioned, Thomas Bryant out for the year, who was their key center. They they've got some nice young talent. Like you like right. Denny, you like Rui Hachimura, you like these guys. You could I I I, I suppose you could do something with Russell Westbrook. You at least have somebody you could sell tickets next year, right? Uh, but 
this it's already gotten out of hand. Uh, the amount of games that they have had to postpone, you are going to have to find room for these games in the second half of the season when presumably you would have to be making your playoff push. How many back-to-backs are they going to have to have? They're going to have to have three games and three nights, possibly. I mean, this is – the season is lost. It is lost already, and I just don't see – and if it wasn't lost before all this was happening, by the way. If you're Bradley Beal, why put up with this anymore? You are the darling of the ball. You Nobody else – out there that could even potentially get available is you're the guy James Harden has been dealt every team that did not get James Harden now probably would want you and again according to these recent reports uh, there are a lot of front offices that were interested in, in James Harden and I think those same front front offices would be interested in Bradley Beal get out now so that you can play basketball again because the last right. thing you want to be do is be doing is wasting your prime sitting on a bench waiting for the rest of your team to get their orders get get their get their stuff in order because right now they just haven't. And, and I don't see really a reason why if you're Bradley Beal, you would think that anything that this organization uh, does would be that of a championship level organization. They, they, they have and made I, mistake I, after mistake. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect time now, like so much of what he said in the past is wanting to be loyal and everything else. This seems like it's the perfect opportunity, kind of like a, a get out of jail free card where he could mm-hmm. say, look, I mean, COVID has ruined the season. We made a trade. It's not like John's here anymore. We traded for Russell, this whole thing with the injury. Come on, guys. You, you've loved watching me play here for the last seven years. Give me a chance to play winning basketball again, and I'll do it elsewhere. Maybe down the road I'll come back here and retire after uh, a couple seasons uh, competing for a championship elsewhere. But right there's, now there's, – there, there, Washington, by the way, could say the same thing, right? They say, hey, we never wanted to trade – Tommy Shepard, we never wanted to trade Bradley right. Beal. We never wanted to trade him. He said the same thing about uh, John Wall, by the way, and he, he moved John Wall as soon as there was an offer out there. Right. He could say the same thing about Bradley Beal. Hey – it's unfortunate what happened. Blame it on the coronavirus. You could do that. You are allowed to do that now. And you say, look, it's time for us to just hit the reset button. Let's, we like what we saw from Denny out of the, you know, in the first couple, uh, uh, 10 or so games. We like what we've seen from Rui Hachimura after a season. It's time to just hit the reset button and rebuild. Uh, and we owe it to Bradley Beal, et cetera. Like you could play that. That works as a PR stance. But uh, I don't know. Where would you like to see Bradley Beal go? I mean, just this season, not even thinking long term, but what team do you think would benefit, I suppose, the most from, from making a Bradley Beal type trade? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, I know he's been linked to almost everyone and I guess he could give some uh, a neat necessary scoring punch to a team like the Toronto Raptors. I mean, obviously it, it comes across as being somewhat homerish, but I think the heat could absolutely use well, a player of his caliber. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, look, the discussion is whether or not you trade away a player like Tyler hero, who's young and developing and has that same kind of all-star potential years from now. But I think Beal, a much more accomplished player. And the argument that I keep making for an acquisition of a player like Harden or Beal is that right now you're, you're promising Jimmy Butler within the next th- three years of his contract that you're going to deliver a championship to him and vice versa it goes both ways he wants to deliver a championship to the heat as well but from pat riley the front officer perspective you've got to build the roster around him that can get that done and with other teams improving not just in the east but also in the west like the lakers you've got to do what you can now and that's you know making a, a swing for the fences and acquiring a player like beal you do it 100 percent of the time yeah and in the western conference i still like denver there's st- i think they're a really good team they're good still point. trying to figure it out right now uh, there was talk before about a potential trade like that, or at least skepticism. And would you move Michael Porter Jr.? Would you do that? I would absolutely. Like Michael Porter yes. Jr. looks like a good player, but if it's for Bradley Beal, go ahead and do it. There's no, there, that's, that's a no-brainer. And I haven't been all that impressed with Michael Porter Jr. 
this season or even last season and everybody was super impressed with michael him. porter jr in the nation's capital it seems like a recipe <laughs> for disaster and also perfectly a perfect fit there too so uh it just works out both ways uh remember to subscribe to new episodes of locked on nba wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the nba's top stories every day david and i will be back next tuesday good night or good morning